Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. White, heavy dose on this drive. Unable to get away, Demarcus Walker. Timeout used by the Bears. With 2.43 to go, they use their first, and it's going to be third down and very long. We're back. Live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Had to start off with some positivity. Bears lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 27-17. It's Gabe Ramirez live and local right here on 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. That was, uh, that made me feel good to see that. You know, just kind of. The Bears, you know, Walker was kind of had himself a, had himself a decent game. I felt he did. He's, at least you were able to call his name a couple times. It disrupted some things on the defensive end. You saw Yannick Ngakwe get near the quarterback as well. Tremaine Edmonds had 16 tackles for the Bears. It's impressive. T.J. Edwards got himself in there as well. He had 12. Greg Stroman Jr. stepping in. He had seven tackles on the day. No sacks for the Bears. Only one pass deflection. That was from Jaquan Brisker earlier in the game. I, I just want to go back to Wayne from Lafayette right there. You mentioned Greg Stroman Jr. Really tough break with Brisker in and out of the game. And Eddie Jackson, too, got carted off. That was tough to see. Yeah, man. I mean, obviously, you want the Bears operating at full strength. Seems as though the injuries have been piling on. But even guys like Jack Sanborn had an underwhelming game. You wanted to see a little bit more from them. Tyreek Stevenson didn't have his best game. I would love to see him come up with an interception. Jaquan Brisker dropping his opportunity early in the game. Bears need to capitalize on those things and most certainly need to put up points as a result of it. Justin Fields, 16 for 29 on the day, 211 yards, had a touchdown, two interceptions, was sacked six times. Now, Baker Mayfield, somebody that holds on to the ball, is notorious for holding on to the ball too long. No sacks on the day. Bears couldn't get a hold of him. 26 for 34, 317 yards, had a touchdown, QB rating of 114, did pretty well, man. But you know what? We still have these feelings about the Bears. And that's why we're giving you the opportunity to talk about it. Phone lines are open. 312-644-6767. How you feeling after this Bears loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Let's go to Pat out in Joliet. So, Pat, I mentioned that, you know, after week one, Bears fans had like a disgusted feeling in their stomach. Seems like after week two, the feelings turned into worry for you. 
Yeah. Uh, good morning, Gabe. How you doing? Yeah. If I were a Bear fan, um, I think the panic button the, the would be way more elevated this weekend than as opposed to last. I mean, you could blame a little bit more on maybe the scheme and the offensive line last week, but at some point, you know, it, it you can't keep blaming the other guys around him. Um, from what I saw today, you know, he's brought up the six sacks. At least half of those were on fields. Um, the one play that comes to mind is, I think it was in the second quarter when he got sacked, and he's just standing back there, and he's just standing back there and standing back there. And, you know, you I, I mean, with a good offensive line, you probably got four, maybe five seconds back there. And, I mean, and the biggest thing I think that he doesn't have or he's not showing is the pocket awareness, the the sixth sense of that, if you want to call it, that you need to have as a franchise quarterback to feel that pressure and either slide slide back, move up, side to side, or just go. In Fields' case, for sure, just go. And he does not have that. He He's showing on tape that he doesn't feel it. You know, and you're not always going to see it, but at, that's one of those things, you got to feel it. You you, you got to know it's there and, and, and go or move or – throw the ball away, and the other thing on that, the pick six, that was disaster. The, the play call was terrible. I get it. <laughs> Everything. But, 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 but in, in Fields' case, you know, that, that throw the ball away. You, you know, don't, don't throw that ball. Like, throw it at his feet, right. You got to call it. Just, just, don't, just don't go with it. And throw it in the ground or throw it in the stands and, and live the fight another day. But for me, the biggest thing is, is I don't know how you teach that. I, you know, you can blame the, the coaching staff, but how do you teach a quarterback to have that pocket awareness to, to you're not always going to see the pressure, but to feel it and to deal with it and, and to read the defense. And he, it just seems like he's, he's lost out there sometimes. And, and I think that's the, I don't know how you teach that. Pat, it's crazy so, that you're, that you're, you know, no, 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 you chill, chill the first. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, cause you know, you mentioned that, you know, you're panicked or you're worried and that bears fans should be also. And, then you mentioned the fact that you're talking specifically about Justin Fields. There does need to be an internal clock. And I think, you know, I talk a lot about expectations for the team, expectations for Justin Fields and how we have to curb those. And there's a gap between what expectation and reality is. And if you took that same concept right there and you took it to Justin Fields and you say, hey, Justin, the expectation of the amount of time you have to throw the ball is way higher than what the reality is. We need to truncate that just a little bit so that you your expectations are shorter. Your expectations, just like uh, um, he was saying, that you don't have a ton of time to throw. So let's, let's, let's have it in our mind that we need to be in that four-second window at, at best. Because what we didn't see Justin Fields do a lot today was hit that five-step drop or three-step drop, go through one or two progressions, and just take off. See the pocket collapsing and just take off. Get your six yards and slide. You didn't see that a lot from Justin Fields. And that's what we really want as fans. For everything to come together. We saw him do the runs last year at a high rate. Efficient. We saw him have moments of, of brilliance with his arm. Like the throw to Chase Claypool for the touchdown. We, we've seen that. We've seen him uh, accurately 
pinpoint when a blitz is coming, check down, and throw a touchdown to Darnell Mooney. We've seen these moments. The problem is it is not happening often enough. Again, you can have a Major League Baseball player that comes up and gets a hit. You can have a Major League Baseball player that comes up and hits a home run. But they can still get sent down to the minors if they're not doing it consistently enough. So when you see Justin Fields' game, you can see that he does things well. But if you don't do it often enough, then you're simply a backup quarterback. I tweeted it out. Justin Fields equals Josh Dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals. Look at their stat lines. Look at what they do. He is not an elite quarterback. He is not Lamar, you know, a Lamar Jackson type, a Jalen Hurts type. But he's a poor man's version of that, and they can get the job done in the NFL. And it's unfortunate, and that's what I'm panicked about. Panicked that I'm watching Joshua Dobbs and not watching this phenom that I I I I hoped would come to realization. Let's go to Dwayne out in Columbus, Ohio. So, Dwayne, appreciate you listening outside of Chicago. We've been getting a ton of you guys today. Um, appreciate you listening on the Odyssey app. So, you're deflated after week two, Dwayne. You're you're deflated, huh? I am deflated. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Hello. Yeah. So, what are you deflated about, Dwayne? Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, you you hit it on the spot. Uh. And the last caller. Uh, defense. They they did a little bit. <clears throat> they did a little bit better. So um, I was glad that Eberflus took over on that part there. But as far as the offense, um, we need some some real coaching. Uh, uh, they just Jesse is not getting it. Uh, the play calling is not there. But then again, also Justin Fields, he has to wake up out there on the field. I believe he has the potential. But if, if you look at the history of um, Ohio State Buckeyes in the NFL, I think there was about 14 of them that went to the NFL total. Three of them the Chicago Bears have between uh, Tom Zach Crenzo and now Justin. We, we, don't do get, we don't do well with Ohio State Buckeyes, first of all. They don't do well in the NFL. Uh, they have the potential in college. They look good in college. When they get to the pros, I, I, I just think the pros might be a little bit too much for them. Uh, uh, yeah, Justin Fields doesn't have the presence so far. This is three seasons now uh, out there on the field, like you said, getting rid of the ball, uh, running, getting out that pocket. So I don't, I, I just don't know what to uh, look forward to with the Bears' offense. I mean, we got potential there, but and then Chicago Bear organization, we are not good at developing players. Players that come to the Bears, if they don't have it already, you know, your Brian Erlackers, your Dick Buckuses, your Gail Sayers, your Walter Paytons, you know, they they have it. They've already they've always had it. You don't have to coach what they have. Justin Fields has that potential too, that you really don't have to coach much. Let him just almost do his thing out there. But then you need coaching. So I, I just don't know what to say. Dwayne, let me ask you this. Would you, because you mentioned about the the coaching, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Lou Getze, you know, first-time offensive coordinator. Justin Fields, you know, young guy coming into the league, first-time running an offense, you know, like this. If you were to to think of the opposite, which would be veteran presence in either of those situations, coaching or quarterback, 
Which would you prefer? Veteran presence and coaching. In, in coaching or a veteran quarterback coaching. for you? Coaching? Coaching, coaching, coaching. We we in Chicago, uh, the Bears organization, we just don't seem to can't pick pick good coaching. I mean, we get potentials there in the coaching organization, but we just can't seem to get or pay for real coaching yeah i hear you i I hear you i hear you thanks for the call thanks for the call Dwayne. i appreciate it Dwayne's from columbus ohio and still trashing the ohio state quarterbacks which i'm i'm I'm, that narrative is becoming exhausting right i'm tired of hearing that justin fields is still justin fields you know he went to georgia first like he's still a quarterback he's still someone that has talent and so i can't figure out if if it's that the sculpture is not being sculpted or if the sculpture is complete and it just is what it is and no one, no sculptor can save it. Does that make sense? Should I, should I say that more clearly? I am not sure if Justin Fields can be coached up anymore. Like if that's the answer that he needs coaching or he needs to be developed or if the answer is simply that Justin Fields is simply who he is at this level. Right, not Justin Fields at Ohio State or in college. Justin Fields in the NFL, amongst the most talented athletes in the world. Maybe this is who he is. Maybe that could be the case. It's Gabe Ramirez here on six seventy. The score. It's a Plumbers nine one one football Monday. We're taking your phone calls, reacting to the Bears losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twenty seven seventeen. Right now, three one two six forty four. 67, 67, we're going to go back out to the phone lines. Let's go to Mike. Mike, so uh, you're looking at Justin Fields. You got some thoughts on him. What What are you thinking about his career so far? Well, I um, I listened to the last caller, and something interesting came up to me is that this, he's played in 27 games now. And when you talk to most NFL quarterbacks who've been successful and playing the league for a while, they usually tell you at 25, they kind of know or have seen pretty much everything that's coming at them. And I'm kind of not seeing him see that. You know, yeah, I mean, do, in his career, I, I hear his you. high passing game is 291 yards, but that's back in 2021, his rookie year. Yeah, I know. And that's the worst thing about it, Mike, is that, you know, you're thinking about Justin Fields, Justin Fields, and what he's supposed to be doing, and you gotta say to yourself, where is he at right now in, in his in the whole thing? Where is he at? Again, like I mentioned, is he someone that is who he's going to be already? Can you? What else can you do? You don't think Coach Eberflus and Coach Getzey? You don't think they're out there trying to develop Justin Fields? They're trying their hardest. So are we are we are we now complaining about the game plan then? Is that what it is? The play calling? Lou Getze, the but we saw them adjust. We saw them do it so often last year. So often we saw make adjustments at halftime, which some actual some players were saying that that was fluff. And you saw the team come out with a different level, different level of tenacity. Bears were trying to get in games last year. You doing what they did extremely well. And this year, just maybe Lugetsi needs to figure it out. Maybe he's the one that actually has to be in that place. 
what sometimes you do feel like people are getting p- certain pa- passes in certain situations. But it's where we're at now. People are ready to move on from Justin Fields. <laughs> I think because for me, where I'm at, and I see Justin Fields' performance today, and I've been watching this now, like it's disgusting to watch. And I say to myself, is Justin, like, is Justin Fields that dude? 16 for 29, 29 55% completion percentage. 211 yards. And if you look at DJ Moore, he counted for 104 of them. Oh, man. And he had one pass that was for 33 yards. So, I mean, you, you, can, you can take some deductions out of there. One dump off to Khalil Herbert for 23 yards. Like, it's not enough. Last week in the first half when the Bears had six points wasn't enough. You're literally looking at that game. You're like, what? The offense is supposed to be better. Again, so whose fault is it? You got to look at Justin Fields. And I think it's okay. Like, you're like, oh, some people be like, oh, he needs more games. Okay, you might need more games to assess Justin Fields. I don't. I'm here. I'm here. Now, by week eight, week nine, can he be better? Yes, he better be better, right? For his sake, for the Bears' sake. But that's what you're ultimately hoping for. That Ryan Poles, when he did have the decision between Jim Caldwell, Dan Quinn, and Matty Brifluse, and he demanded that he have control over which coach would be in charge of the Chicago Bears. But that was the right move, and that's where he was at, and you're hoping that he hired the right person. And that person hired the right person in Luke Getze. And those people decided to stick with Justin Fields. So that that way, all three of them, those three people, that collective, can all do their jobs. Because sometimes in life, that's what you do. You hire the right people because you know they're going to end up doing their jobs. So after the first two weeks, we haven't got the result we wanted, which is a victory, at least one of them in those two games. So you have, you're hoping that those three people can figure out how to then maximize the potential of this group that's here. Getting the best out of Justin Fields by calling the best game plan, by coaching up your people the right way. That's what the situation that the Bears are in. So we get a chance to hear from Coach Iberflus after the break. Should we do it after the break? Right now? Let's do it after the break. We're going to get uh, a chance to hear from Coach Iberflus and a chance to hear from you as well. Bears lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-17. We're taking your phone calls, your thoughts on the game. Thoughts on Justin Fields, on the game plan, 312-644-6767. We'll take your calls and hear from Coach Eberflus after this. It's Gabe Ramirez and a Plumbers 911 Football Monday right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Fields well protected, zips one to a wide open DJ Moore. A rare downfield toss from Fields. And it's a 28-yard gain. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Going to be playing some Matt Eberflus post game for you in just a second. It is Gabe Ramirez here on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank and It's Not a Game Illinois.com. Some big guests on the show, or excuse me, on the station today. Starting with the pregame show, Dustin Rhodes got you at 5 a.m. And then Mark Grody's filling in for Mully today. So Haw and Grody going to have Dan Weederer at 644, Olin Krutz at 7. DJ Moore is going to round out the show at 8 a.m. DJ Moore talking to Haw and Grody. Set your alarms for that. Then Bernstein and Holmes jump on, starting off their guests with Anthony Heron. I'm sure they need the first hour to just kind of vent. <laughs> Anthony Heron at 11, Dan Weeder at 12, Parkinson Spiegel going to be capping things off. Mark Grody jumping on at 4, Jalen Johnson at 5 p.m. Going to be a great one right here on 670. The score on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday. Bears lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-17. Taking your calls and reactions, text messages as well. A lot of people coming in on the text line. And they just a lot of people have just been doing the Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts comparison. Talking about the third year breakout. Give them a little bit more time. I mean, at least they gave you games. I always, I, I kept talking like, you have to have a point to it game, like, oh, that game. Like, it's hard to, it's hard to find those for Justin Fields, and I think that's something that I, I, I struggle with. Um, let's go out to the phones three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We got Al. Al, what's your, what's your thoughts on Justin Fields? Hey, uh, you know, I've, I've been a lifelong Bears fan and. Uh, lifetime Bulls fan as well, and the reason I bring up the Bulls, I'll come back to it in a second. Do- but dollar in the say, bucket, Al. Dollar in the bucket when you talk about the Bulls. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I wanted to raise the question as if to uh, to whether maybe Justin is uh, perhaps one of the reasons we're not seeing that explosiveness in the run game is possibly due to the uh, the injury that he suffered last year which would be kind of similar to what happened to Derrick Rose on the first injury. He was never really able to bounce back, not only physically, but there's also a mental hurdle. And uh, is it possible that we're maybe seeing that with Fields right now? Because to me, the pass game, he's made some decent passes. Uh, yeah, he holds on to the ball a little too long, but 
the run game is really what's missing from his uh, his toolkit right now. And I'm wondering, maybe is that possibly linked to the injury from last season? All right, let me, before I answer the question, Al, let me ask you this. If Justin Fields was fearless, right, this season, do you think we'd see a different – like, do you think he could still be an elite quarterback in the league? No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, I mean, so I, even I, – I, well, I, I, I do believe, though, um, I mean, I, I don't know how, how you feel, Gabe, about his improvement, but I do believe that we have seen some improvements as far as specifically ball delivery. I feel like some of the balls have been pretty well on the money. The, the main problem right now is that he's just not getting rid of the ball fast enough, but as far as like his, uh, his dexterity when it comes to the passing game, I do feel like there are some noticeable improvements. Okay. I mean, I, I would say improvements in terms of him taking the easier pass, which is something that Luke Getze wanted um, uh, Justin Fields to do. So I think that's something that he's improved in. As far as the touch, though, I got to be honest, that's something that I think he still needs to work on. I think when you're looking at the screen passes, when you're looking at some of the wide receiver screens, it, it just sometimes has a little too much on it. And, and, and every pass seems to be the same where you watch some of these other quarterbacks and they understand, like, this is a moment I need to make it a dart. Here's a moment I need to put a little bit of air underneath it to give my receiver a little time to get there. Here's a time I need to make sure this hits him right in the hands but not too hard because he's, he's, he's close enough to me. I think, I think personally he's still missing that part of his game, and I think that you know repetition gives you that. But you know sometimes we've seen quarterbacks, even from the Bears, we've seen Trubisky be that way, Cutler at times where they just have that arm strength and they can't get out of their own way. Um, as far as the first thing you said to answer to go back and answer your question now, you know, is Justin scared from being injured? I don't think that's the case. I know last week he dropped his shoulder, took a big hit. Like, you know, you don't do that if you're feeling weird. Um, but we did see them, we did see a game plan last week, right? I'm sure we all saw the little throwing chart where, you know, nothing was over like one throw was over twenty yards and that was the touchdown pass. Everything else was, you know, some mid-range throws. And so some people would say that they coached that out of him, right? Some people would say they, they coached the the runs or the tenacity out of Justin Fields by, you know, just telling him to dump it off. So, again, I think it, I think it goes back to what I was saying a second ago, Al, which is you ultimately hope that you hire the right people that even though they perform poorly in a moment, that you hire the right people that have the right mind to make adjustments and still want to be great, and ultimately that's what you get because that's what we're hoping for from the Chicago Chicago Bears, Al. Uh, yeah, pre- I mean, that, that, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, get yeah, great. Yeah, that, that's uh, what what we need. And uh, I mean, to your point, I, I think you you raise an excellent point as far as like the team operations go. Uh, is he kind of living up to the expectations that? We put on him, uh, well, I mean, we need him to, unfortunately. Like, we just invested so much money and resources into Justin Fields that if it doesn't, uh, I mean, are, are we really going to have to go through the rebuilding process, uh, unfortunately? And that's something, uh, that I've been, that's something that I've been asking myself, um, Al, is in the event the Bears have to go in a new direction, is it going to be with a veteran quarterback? You know, look at, like, the Saints getting Derek Carr. Look at the Raiders with Jimmy Garoppolo. If and when the Bears move on from Justin Fields, 
do I want a veteran quarterback or do I want like the next hot young thing that I have to worry about his mind and having the right coaches in place and putting the talent around him? Because that's cumbersome. Let's be very clear. Sounds cool to go get a young quarterback. Ask the Texans how that's going. Ask the Indianapolis Colts who are dealing with concussion protocol for their running quarterback how that's going. See what see if if if, if Carolina likes what they what they have in Bryce Young. They do, by the way. He's actually playing really well. But again, it's like those are those are those are the two options you're gonna have. And I think I'm leaning towards the veteran quarterback. But but a good one. No shade of Nathan Peterman. I'm not talking about a backup that's coming in like Chase Daniels or something like that. I'm talking about a, an actual above average quarterback. We'll see what happens. Let's go to Rick out in Valparaiso. So, Rick, when you watch Justin Fields play, what what, what do you think about it? Well, I think by now we can understand that he's a proven quarterback, and what he's proven is not good. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't he doesn't seem to to have the mental acuity to make the the quick decisions on what to do with the ball. If someone said they'd give me a million dollars if I could coach the Bears into winning their division or going farther, I would make Tyson Bajant the number one quarterback, starting quarterback, and I would I would insert Justin Fields in as like the ultimate gadget guy. And then I'd probably collect my money um, sometime <laughs> in December. Okay, Rick, you're hilarious, first of all. Um, but so you think you you firmly believe that Tyson Bajan could come in here and get the job done if he were to be thrown into that starting role? I mean, he he just has poise, and that's something that Justin Fields totally lacks. You're right. I mean, that's one thing we can, we have to agree on, right? The one thing we saw from Tyson Bajan that we've yet to see from Justin Fields is someone that has complete confidence in their ability to make a throw and just it looked like ownership, right? Didn't it didn't it a little bit, Rick? Even in the preseason, like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm gonna get the ball to where it needs to go. Yeah, and he's he's got a like a, a panic attack back there. Justin Fields um he, he he seems to err on the side of paranoia. And nothing good happens when when he he just um, he just freaks out like a like a cat that just heard a loud sound or something. I don't know. It's bad. Thanks for the call, Rick. I appreciate it. I, another thing I think about when I uh, when it comes to Justin Fields is his body language. And I think to myself, you know, I can't figure out why the disgust is there in Justin Fields' face. Is it disgust? In yourself, like, damn, I'm not good enough to be in this league or, damn, I'm not, you know, capable. Or is it, damn, they keep calling these plays and I can't be who I want to be because fill in the blank sucks. What I do know is that the body language is saying one of those two things. and, and, And everyone can see it. And I hate it. It's one thing last year when the team sucked and you were like, oh, this is frustrating. Or even two years ago when you thought Nagy didn't know what he was doing. But this year, Papa, you've been with the organization now. You have your same coaches. You got extra talent in the wide receiver room. You have, you know, the Bears spent their first round pick on an offensive lineman to protect you. So 
there there has to and then we hear talk about you being responsible for motivating the offense and you got to be that leader. Well, if that's the case, body language plays a big part. Tell me a coach that isn't looking at the kid's body language when he gets subbed out of a game or a scout that's watching you. It's there. Well, you're on national TV, papa, and the the cameras are on you. And so when there's that level of frustration on your face, I hope it's directed internally. And it's you that thinks that, that, that you can be better. And it's not a level of frustration surrounding the coaching staff and the talent that's around you. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Let's go out to Brian in Northwest Indiana. Brian, how did you think Justin Fields looked? Did you think he looked better than week one? Oh, no, not at all. I, you know, I've always been a firm believer that when you draft a quarterback out of Ohio State, you're really taking your, you know, your team and putting it in the bad hands because, you know, when the greatest quarterback that ever came out of Ohio State was Mike Tomczak, with all the great quarterbacks that played in college, you know, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's really bad, you know, I mean, and, you know, I watch the same stuff week after week after week, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't pass the ball to open wide receivers, he's inaccurate, I mean, it's like one thing after another, and, you know, I don't think any of that's going to change, you know, that, you can't teach accuracy, you know, I mean, and you can't run a football in the NFL because you last three, four years, and that's it, you know, you'll be done, you know, so, you know, they're trying to make a pocket passer out of him, which he was in college. I mean, that's what he did at Ohio State. But in Ohio State, you had all day to throw the ball because you're playing against three- and four-star athletes, and you got 11 five-star athletes you're playing with, you know. So, you know, it's really hard to translate that to the pro game, and it's just not translating. Yeah, I hear you. But, Brian, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I got to be honest, because a lot of people have been calling up about this Ohio State thing. But it's like you can go to any college. Like, even if you go to Georgia, right, a powerhouse, and you look at, like, the best quarterbacks that have come out of there. Like, after Matthew Stafford, good luck finding someone that's just dominant, right? Because their their best quarterbacks are, like, Aaron guys like Aaron Murray, David Green, and Jake Fromm. Like, there's not a, a ton of guys coming out of that school either, right? So I get the argument, and I get that everyone likes to use it, right? And we've had several people use it overnight tonight, but... I think it's kind of washed. I think, I think, I think again, like you go, go, go pull up any college for that matter. I mean, of course, there are going to be a couple outliers that have a couple handful. But the, the fact of the matter is, there's not like, you know, outside of a couple schools, everybody's not pumping out quarterbacks the way that most people think. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Fields. You know, you brought, up, you brought up Jake Fromm. Well, he couldn't, he couldn't beat out Jake Fromm at Georgia. Well, Jake Fromm can't I mean, beat out Justin Fields right now. So let's just let, – let, I, 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 I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but we got to make really good arguments here. You know what I mean? Like, couldn't beat out Jake Fromm, yeah, but Jake Fromm couldn't beat Justin Fields right now. And if Jake Fromm was your quarterback, you wouldn't want that. So, you know, that doesn't matter. Jake, Justin Fields went on to have a, a great career at Ohio State. Fact of the matter is he's not playing up to the expectations that we had for him. We thought things would be different. People assumed that – he was a great running quarterback, and if you just added some pieces on the offensive line and some wide receivers, that he would then take this leap. The problem is, right, when you go to the casino and you bet on red every time, it's not always going to be red. Sometimes it's going to be black. Why not? Why? Because of probabilities. So if you just come out here and you say, oh, well, 
let me give him DJ Moore and let me give him a better offensive lineman. Guess what? It, you, you, you speak as if it's fact that if you do that, then he's going to turn into Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and have the Bears winning over 10 games a season. It's not necessarily how it works. So, like, just because you do those things doesn't then make it happen. It's not how it works all the time. Ask the White Sox and how they're dealing with their rebuild. Uh, let's go to Mike out in Maywood. Mike, so you're just going straight for the jugular. You're, you're, you're saying Coach Iberfus is the problem. Yeah. After you Absolutely. saw him, after you saw him, coach, after you saw him call the defensive plays yesterday, he said, "Oh man, you just don't know what you're doing." No, no, come on, I wasn't alone. I was not alone in that. Come on, now, Fields, is he needs some work? Yeah, absolutely. He needs a line though. The boy can throw. He can run. It's just like Lamar Jackson when he first came in. You know, he had to run. He didn't have a line, no protection. That's what's going to happen. And and Moody is number one target. If you take him out the equation, he's got to run now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, what? So what? So so I mean, obviously, you know. Iberflus is going to be here for the rest of the year, though, Mike. Right? We're, we know that yeah, for a fact, yeah, right? Polls yeah, put him in yeah. place. So again, I'm a solution guy, right? We can talk about the problem. The problem is the head coach, but he's going to be here. So, so what's the solution then for the Chicago Bears? Let's even say in the short term, in the next four games for you. Right, offensive tackles. He's got to have some protection. Period. And if he wants to run, let him run. You know, make us some plays designed around his skill set. You know, they're all at the same level. He's going to develop. He's got the mechanics. He's got the talent. So I say get a boy a shot. I appreciate that, Mike, because I think most people are trying to pinpoint what is the perfect amount of quarterback runs, design quarterback runs for Justin Fields. What is that number? And I think, you know, last week we had an opportunity to talk to several people that, that it was some pretty much a consensus, like somewhere in that six to eight range is where they wanted it to be. I don't think we saw – uh, that much from Justin Fields. Didn't see that much from the running game as a whole for the Chicago Bears. When you're looking at, you know, what they were trying to establish, Khalil Herbert, seven rushes on the day. Roshan Johnson, four rushes for 32 yards and one uh, and one rush resulted in a 29-yard gain. So, the, the, the you know, then he had that oddly placed and oddly timed Valus Jones Jr. end around that was like on second down after a sack from Justin Fields. That was horrible. But the running game didn't do much today. So Justin Fields, four rushes for three yards. I mean, just knowing who Justin Fields is as a player and what his strengths are, there should never be a game where Justin Fields only has three yards rushing, right? There should never be a game where that happens. He should always be in the above 20 at the very – that should be the floor. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 the score. Got that Eberflus audio coming up for you in just a second. Let's go to Chiwa and Streamwood. So, Chiwa, what record are you talking about that could potentially be happening uh, this year? My, my whole thing um, was this. Last year, uh, the Bears were the worst team in the league. <clears throat> they won three games, got the first pick in the draft. Um, they haven't done anything so far this season after two games to say they're not the, still the worst team in the league. But my question is, you know, this team wasn't going to win ten games, but if they, you know, if this team could get to six games, well, they, you know, they doubled their wins from last year. If they get to seven, that's even better. Um, is there a number of wins where you could say this team has markedly improved? I mean, you, you're not going to win a game. You probably are going to win a couple of lucky games, 
but to get to six or seven wins, A, is that possible? And B, would that would that signify a significant move in the right direction? Um, I, I think it would be a good move in the right direction, but I don't know if that would do it. Um, with Justin Fields, you know, if you come up with a losing season again this year, it's his fifth year. Is that then out of the question or – you know, at, at some point this year, do you start playing guys knowing that you're probably playing for another top five pick, you know, to secure and ensure that you get a top five pick? Is that, I mean, because I don't think, like, people like Nate Davis, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patch, they're not going to be here next year, nor should they. Um, you know, so, so we have younger guys who could probably play and be just as not effective, I guess, if that's the right way to say it. Um, as those cats, but they might be here in three or four years where those those three guys, they're not. So, you know, how do we go about, you know, getting a three or four game improvement over last year's record? Do we, do we, are we going to be able to evaluate fields and say, we need to cut bait or do we need to give him his fifth year and let him try again next year? And then where does Zebra Fluth fit in all of that? So I'll, I'll listen to your comments. Appreciate the call, Chi. Will you bring up some great questions? I think first we'll talk about the number of wins needed for measured success. And I think, you know, you could just say one extra <laughs> would be would be good enough based off how the team's looking right now. If they just got to four wins, that might be a victory for the Chicago Bears because if they've already lost these first two to these two teams, you know, going through the rest of the schedule, it's going to be slim pickings trying to find where they're going to get those dubs at. But I think, you know, getting to six wins would be where – it would be on path, uh, on the path and in the direction they want to be headed in, right? It would mean that there was some sort of turnaround and he did pull six victories, you know, hopefully against some of your division. Um, so I think six would be good. You know, when you're talking about wins for this team, I got to be honest, Chiwu, when I was watching this game on Sunday, there was, a, there was a moment in the game when I thought to myself, the Bears are going to get the number one pick in the draft again. I don't see how the Bears are going to win enough games to get out of that seller position if they're playing like this. Because the defense is just, <laughs> I mean, we know what it is. We saw it yesterday. And if the injuries continue to pile up, obviously it's not going to get better. So that's going to put them under the gun. And then the offense, you can see it, the, the potential for it to get better. But again, if, if, if the defense is giving up 30 points a game, it doesn't matter. And so the fifth year for Justin, to answer your last question, Chiwu, I think that's going to happen regardless. I think it'll either come on a cheap deal, you know, small small number, just picking up that option, and then just either letting him sit behind somebody else and being an emergency quarterback and trying to operate under the guise of, yeah, we'll still see what happens. Um, but either way, I think he'll be here. I don't think the Bears would want to move on from Justin just just yet, especially when you can have him for for the low. All right, one more one more call before we go to Ibraflus. Let's go to Kerry out in Sycamore. So, Kerry, when you're discussing drafting quarterbacks, which a lot of people are doing, people are very high on this upcoming draft class, um, you you are saying that people are drafting quarterbacks now no longer on gut feeling, but they're they're basing it off of what? Metrics. Uh, I, I, think it's, I think football's the worst, especially for quarterbacks. Uh, baseball's worst. I, I just heard Greg Maddox say that he wouldn't get drafted today based on metrics because, you know, he – couldn't break paint of glass, but, you know, 353 wins later, you know. But uh, as far as quarterbacks go, um, there's got to be 
three or four Kurt Warners out there somewhere that never get looked at. You, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it, it's, frustrates me because it's, oh, Justin Fields, he went to Ohio State, and he lit it up for, you know, a few games. and um, it, it, But it's all based on metrics. Yeah, but, Kerry, the, pro- the, problem with this, this. the problem with that statement, and I do agree with you, I do agree that there's talent out there that yep. isn't getting looks, right? But for every Kurt Warner, right, there are 99 almost Kurt Warners. And so you don't want to give those right. guys the chances because then you'd have to go through all that failure before you found one. Right, but one. there's also the Tebow's and the Fields, and the so it's it goes both yeah. ways. It's, right, right, right. But 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 it's debate. more likely. But it's more likely, right? Where I said there's one Kurt Warner and 99, you know, not Kurt Warners. Oh yeah. I think there's right. you know right. 60. Just well, not. There might, you be, know there might be five Kurt Warners that no don't get looked at. There might be five or six. Who knows? You know. Yeah. I don't know. I hear what you're saying. I hear the I hear the point that you're making, Kerry, is that how people are drafting. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. One thing about the Bears, uh, the only thing I'll, I could go nine ways Sunday, but the one thing I'll say is what I'm really frustrated about is there's no uh, from top to bottom, from upper management to to coaches and players, there's no sense of frustration, anger, and we need to fix this. You've played the clips of Everflus. Yeah, we had a good first drive. Let's go get some ice cream. It, that, that really bothers me. It's like let's let's fix this. I, I want to. We threw an interception. We threw an interception. Ace, if you if you yeah. if 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 you would have caught it and it worked, you'd be patting me on the back. And if it, because it didn't, then you know it's, it, it didn't work out. Yeah, I hear what you say. Speaking of Coach Eberflus, we do get an opportunity to hear his press conference right now in its entirety. I mean, he called all the defensive plays. He was still overseeing the offense, making adjustments. The guy was sweating his tail off. Here, I'll say it right now. Here's what I think before we play the clip. Eberflus should just shave his head. That I I I, I didn't want to say it off show, but I'm, I'm going to say it. he should just shave his head, bro. It's time, Papa. You got to let that one go. He might come out looking more badass. And when you're talking about intensity, like Kerry was just talking about, maybe a shaved head will, will, will turn the team up a little bit. But here's Coach Eberflus uh, with his postgame following the Bears' loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 27-17. Okay. Um, so disappointing loss. Um, I thought the guys uh, battled to the end, uh, gave ourselves a chance to win it at the end. Um, and then, uh, you know, we didn't... Uh, take care of the football at the end of it. But uh, we had a chance uh, to do that. But uh, overall, I thought the offense came out, you know, in that first drive, did a nice job uh, working down the field. We got some good shots to DJ. I thought that was excellent. Um, You know, defensively, I thought the guys battled. We had a couple opportunities early. Uh, Brisker had a couple opportunities uh, to get some takeaways. Um, And one was was he, he stripped the one, just, you know, forward progress was down. That's why we didn't throw the challenge flag. Um, but again, not another one intercepted. We could have intercepted that. We just got to look those in. So, um, you know, so that was kind of the first half. I thought we did a good job in the red zone. You know, down there uh, to end the first half, uh, defensively holding them to a field goal. Um, end up being 13, uh, 13 to 10 at that time. You know, and then uh, you know the second half really was just back and forth. They had control of the game a little bit. You know, twenty. Uh, you know, I think it was twenty to ten at, at, at one point, and they were pre- pretty much playing. They were munching clock. Um, you could see that. And uh, we did a good job. We got to have a couple three and outs on defense uh, there. I thought was was pretty good. 
you know, and then uh, the uh, the uh, offense had a good drive, you know, to put it within, you know, a score to win. So, uh, you know, I thought the guy, I told the guys in there, you're battling, you guys got you guys got fighters' hearts, and uh, that's how you got to win in this league. Uh, we have to play complimentary football uh, to be able to get that done. You have to be able to uh, to you know take the ball away, and when we had those opportunities and seize those opportunities, and you know when we had the block kick, we got the, you know the kick to the midfield. We have to do a good job there uh, with converting on those. Um, you know, so those are things that that wins games. You know, you seize those opportunities, and we do have to do a good job of seizing opportunities when the game or we uh, you know create those opportunities. And uh, that's where it is, and that's what we talked about with the players today. Um, with that, I'll open up to questions. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's great when it works, right? It's great when it works, and when it doesn't, everybody's going to criticize, you know. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. We're going to look at it. Uh, we will look at it, uh, you know, back there uh, in that part of the field, um, and, and we'll uh, we'll see where it is. Yeah, you can pop some runs on it. You know, you know, you saw a couple of those. I think they had a corner cat one time uh, late in the game, um, and uh, we, we got one to Herb. Herbert got a nice one on there. And then when you can catch them like that, you can get some guys out in front and get some good yardage, which we did on that one. You know, Claypool had a nice block on the side there uh, to get some more additional yards. Um, you know, so there's there's a way to uh, you can definitely get them there. It was good. It was good. Yeah, I thought his effort was good. I thought he did a nice job. Uh, obviously, catching that that little skinny post, you know, in the end zone there was was excellent. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, you know, it's just about rhythm and timing of it. You know, it's the rhythm and timing. That's a rhythm and rhythm and timing play. Uh, we just got to make sure that's right. And uh, you know, and then Shaq did, made a nice play. Okay, y'all tell me what it is. Into the first half. Okay. You guys go out, ultimately get a field goal. All right, Trevor moved the ball down there in those last three plays. Didn't go right. We had uh, incompletion, sack, incompletion. Right. Yeah, that, just to me, that's that's when you got to seize the opportunity, right? You're right there. Uh, we're wanting to score a touchdown at that time, um, and you got to do a good job of getting the ball, uh, you know, in the hands of the skill, uh, which, you know, we, we did at times today. You know, obviously, uh, you know, GJ had some good touches. Um, you know, so we just got to make sure we do that in that moment. Uh, we're going to look at it. We're going to look at it. Uh, you know, we're we're positive right now, uh, but we'll see. You know, where it goes. We don't we don't know um, how positive that will be, but we'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll see where it is. We'll see where it is. Yeah, they said illness. You know, so you know, it was just you know, it was a uh, you know, a little dehydration. Is what it was, and uh, you know, so he had to come in and, and get himself right for that. Um, but uh, again, it affects everybody different, and that's what it was. And uh, but uh, I just, you know, I gave him a big hug after the game. I said, "Man, I really appreciate you coming back out." You know, I thought he played well on the second half when he did come back in, made some good tackles, you know, and did, did some good things there. So and uh, uh, play with good passion too. Another play, another play where Darnell gets beat, and it was a strip sack on Justin. Is there something he needs to do? I know he's standing down. Um, you know, that's all instincts. You know, it really is. When you got a guy coming on you like that, you know, it's hard. It's you, you either got to ride up the pocket, and if the pocket's clean inside, you got to ride up into that B gap and then deliver the ball. You know, so that that's many times the case. Uh, sometimes, you know, he can feel it. He can spin out of it. He's done that before. Um, but you prefer him to ride up 
you know, right up in the in the early part of you know the inside of the pocket and deliver the ball down the field. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go back and look at the tape. I'm not really gonna comment on that, but I, I you know, I saw what I saw on the field. Uh, but we'll we'll see what it looks like on the tape. Uh, but uh, again, on that one, we had a nice little pressure called there, and uh, we just got to do a good job of timing that up. You know, we got a good hit on the quarterback on that one. We just got to tie it up just a little bit better. Yeah, I, I, I see improvement. I do. I, I see improvement. It was it was definitely uh, you know better. I, I see guys fighting. Um, I see guys. I see us executing at a better clip, um, and it's a long season. And to me, we just got to keep doing that. And we got to keep doing that, and uh, good things are going to happen. And, uh, you know, the guys believe in that. You know, the coaching staff believes in that. And uh, we're just going to keep moving forward after these 24 hours. We're going to work and get to work on Kansas City. It's been a long time since the guys have had a taste of victory. You know, the underdogs on the road next week. Any concern that that kind of starts to weigh on the guys and start to kind of move? No, not at all. Uh, this is 2023. So there's a lot of guys in that locker room that weren't here last year, right? And a bunch of them. Free agents, uh, drafts guys, uh, you know, a bunch of guys we picked. And it's a new football team, you know. So uh, we're getting the chemistry together. We're getting the guys together that are playing together for the first time in, in a season. And we will make that work. And uh, the guys are very optimistic about that. 67 yards on the ground in the running game. How, how much moving forward are you looking for more of a balance in running the ball? So how, kind of helping that offense out just a little bit more. Maybe taking some pressure off Justin a little bit as well. Yeah, you're always searching for that. You really are. Um, you're always searching for balance. Uh, that's when you play winning football. Uh, when when you stay ahead of the sticks like that. When you have a good running game, it opens up the play action, and uh, you know we have to really put uh, the hammer down on that and make sure we do a good job with balance. How do you, how do you answer the inconsistencies with the offense? Great first drive on the script, and then there's six that don't result in anything. Then there's that one where Chase gets has a touchdown. Justin, the in between period, this kind of felt like a roller coaster. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's all about execution, right? It's about it's about how we execute. And uh, to me, when you go back and watch the tape, you know, it's about that. You know, it's about guys executing the scheme and, and making plays inside the scheme. And uh, that's when good things happen. That's when you move the ball. And, you know, when you get the ball to special players, sometimes they make guys miss. And, you know, you know we should have scored on the one that was uh, thrown over to DJ. He barely stepped out on the one. Um, but, uh, man, he was trying to score. So, but uh, that's just an example. But, uh, yeah. What's that? Yeah, I have nothing further on that. Just. Yeah, I can't right now. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, it's. 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 Uh, it just. I don't have the answer for that. And when we do, we'll. You know, if we're able, we'll. We'll give you the answers. Um, what's that? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Cross that bridge when we get there. Um, I don't. I haven't talked to Nate. I talked to him right when it happened. Uh, you know, and then. Uh, I haven't talked to him since then. I, I called him and I texted him, but uh, I have not visited with him yet. Just the familiarity with the offense at that position. We thought it was our best chance uh, in there because he's been playing that spot. He's been the backup. Last one, man. At, at, at 20 to 17 with the ball, what was your mindset at that point? Was, was it an opportunity to play the whole afternoon to have the ball control? 
Yeah, I thought that, I thought it was really good. I was I was really positive. It was it was I think it was two nineteen. I want to say so we had the two minute. You know, so we were good there. We were planning on running two plays um, there before the two minute, and uh, you know, so we were going to do that and then take the two minute and then go then start driving from there. Um, you know, I, and I was I was thinking about what if we score quickly, then I got to you know the defense has got to step up and make a big stop. And so uh, I was thinking about that as well. Yep. Thank you. Coach Eberflus talking after the game right there, giving his press conference, his thoughts to what happened with Justin Fields, the offense, the lack of productivity, and still finding a moment to give his team some praise, uh, including Jaquan Brisker for stepping back out on the field. All right, we're going to take your calls now. Phones are Phone lines are open, 312-644-6767. And the question I have for you is simple. Are you ready to move on from Justin Fields? Like in your heart. Obviously, he got to play these games. But like in your heart, are you ready to move on from Justin Fields? A lot of people have been talking about it on Twitter. Our group chats have been going crazy. Facebook's been going crazy. Are you ready to move on from Justin Fields or are people overreacting? 312-644-6767. We'll take your calls after this. It's Gabe Ramirez on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday right here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 